Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There will be no death by inches. This is the Broncos Daily Podcast with Brandon Crystal. I want everything. I want all the meatballs and the pasta, you know. Happy Tuesday, Broncos country. As I told you, we're back uh, with a vengeance every day. We are getting closer to the draft a week from Thursday. Today, we're going to look at the New York Jets. We're going to talk to a man, Dan Leberfeld. He's been covering the Jets for longer than I can remember. So uh, he had good insight uh, when we chatted a little earlier about uh, everything going on as it relates to the New York Jets and what they're going to do with that number two pick. Yesterday, of course, we talked to Phil Smith in Jacksonville about what the Jags would do with that number one pick. But Dan, at Jet Whispers on Twitter, publisher of Jets Confidential Magazine, which you can get once a month. Uh, you can go to at Jets Whispers to get all the details, JetsConfidential.com. And he's on press coverage with Vic Carucci, the Hall of Fame voter, every Saturday on Sirius XM from 8 until noon Mountain Time. But before we get to Dan and what the Jets are going to do, not a lot going on in the NFL other than there's buzz out there that the Panthers had conversations with teams about trading back from eight and there's going to be those conversations going on really from four probably through 15 in terms of teams moving up and moving down you know that the Patriots might for something they, they almost rarely do is move up they did a couple of years ago when they moved up to get Isaiah Wynn the lineman out of Georgia and Atlanta would go back Miami might go back if they still think they can get one of the handful of guys to pair with Tua and to, to add to their stronger roster than some of the other teams that are in the top 10 with Sam Darnold there and Carolina thinking they can't get a quarterback then then maybe moving moving back and just getting more picks to get not only help for Darnold but maybe ease the burden on the Christian McCaffrey effect and, and how much he needs to touch the ball in that offense you've got obviously Robbie Anderson is your deep threat and you've got uh, DJ Moore as well so it'll be interesting to see all of the rumors that we hear as I mentioned to Dan you'll hear that we or I've been calling it lying season for years and I think other people have picked up on that this is truly the lying season when you hear that oh the Cowboys are open to moving is that getting put out there by Stephen Jones or are they really talking to somebody are people calling them or do they want people to call them and so you have to kind of take everything with a grain of salt even people that are as connected as anyone and I feel pretty connected certainly to the Broncos and and to some other teams around the league but I just don't trust much of what I'm going to hear this time of year from anyone whether it be a reporter or I don't say a, a member of a team but but somebody maybe we'll say a former player former coach somebody that's maybe plugged in differently than just a, a straight journalist, if you will. Uh, so Broncos are pr- pretty quiet right now, and, and that's to be expected. They are in their pre-draft meetings. They can have an unlimited number of Zooms with players. And so, uh, you know, yesterday we saw the the open of the off-season training program, and it wasn't in-person workouts uh, like it has been in the past, but still 20-plus guys in the building. And all their meetings are being done virtually anyway as, as the league 
laid that out in the first place. So uh, there are some players who worked out and then went to and did the meeting virtually, and then there's others that might have done the meetings, then went in and worked out. They're just you know trying to keep everyone socially distant. And there's guys that are spread out all all across the country. George Payton is going to talk in two days on Thursday, so we'll have some of that for you on the on the Friday pod, very likely. Tomorrow we're going to preview the Niners and what they may do at three. But it feels like inevitability, right? With Sam Darnold in Carolina, Zach Wilson feels like he's going to be a New York Jet. So let's uh, hear from a guy that's covered the Jets forever. At Jets Whispers is Dan Leberfeld's Twitter. Again, Jets Confidential and SiriusXM every Saturday from 8 until noon Mountain Time. Uh, so here we are, me and my pal Dan Leberfeld, talking about what the Jets are going to do across the board and specifically with that number two pick. Dan, is everybody in New York pre-ordering Zach Wilson jerseys? Does that feel inevitable, uh, especially on the heels of the Sam Darnold trade? Or how do you think things will, will shake out uh, in, in round one? Is there going to be any surprise as it relates to the Jets? I think sporting goods stores should have Velcro plates on the nameplate, the way players move around these days, because you buy one jersey and then it becomes obsolete in a couple of years. So I don't know if they're buying a Zach Wilson jersey yet, but it's certainly looking like it's heading in that direction. Yeah, when when you look at, at the options they had, and, and I don't know if Sam Darnold's going to be good or not. Obviously, he you know, wasn't put in the best position from you know losing a head coach after a year and, and that system to two years with Adam Gase and all the, the ups and downs, more downs than ups. Uh, so who knows? But just from a pure economic standpoint, when you're picking it two and you can reset your quarterback salary structure, it's it's almost impossible to to not with, with a quarterback class it seems to be this deep to to not go that route and, and get some value for Darnold, which it seems like they did. Yeah, it makes sense from the standpoint of resetting the clock at the quarterback position. We all know the power of having a quarterback, a first-round quarterback generally when we have this conversation. Being on that rookie deal, being locked in for three or four years or even five years if you consider the franchise tag, and then you can build around him without having to spend a fortune at the quarterback position compared to the old days you know, when Sam Bradford and Matthew Stafford came out and they get $50 million guaranteed in their rookie contract. Since the CBA in 2011, the first-round quarterbacks are more reasonable. So it is a great time to build around a young quarterback. But with that being said, if the Jets truly thought Sam Darnold was the answer and could be a star quarterback, an elite quarterback, a franchise quarterback, you would have to think they certainly would have worked it out financially and kept them, don't you think? Yeah, because the value you can get it too, whether they would have stuck there or traded back and just continue to amass picks, because I think the Jets have maybe the worst roster in football. <laughs> uh, it's it's not uh, If so, they're on a short list if they're not at the very top of it. Uh, there's about three players that I think every team would really want, right? And it starts with Mekhi Becton and Quinnen Williams, and beyond that, maybe Marcus May, and they franchised him. But after that, I, I know that obviously – Carl Lawson, uh, I think most teams would, would take him, but it, it just feels like a really bad roster. So adding all those picks, if you would have done done that, would have set you up for, I think, even more uh, perhaps success if you really believed in Darnold. But, yeah, so I guess that, that kind of answered its own question as, to, as far as what Joe Douglas and, I guess, Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur and I guess maybe now Woody Johnson, too, think of Darnold's long-term prospects compared to, we think, Zach Wilson or uh, another one of these rookies. Yeah, I think, you know, as they say, actions speak louder than words. And 
Joe Douglas and Robert Salah and company, they're not going to say anything bad about Sam Donald, who's a really good guy and, and gave it his best shot. But the fact that they're going with Zach Wilson at two kind of speaks volumes about the fact that they probably have seen enough from Sam Donald. Perhaps he'll do better in Carolina with offensive coordinator Joe Brady, who did such a fantastic job at LSU with Joe Burrow and perhaps the greatest season by a quarterback in college football history. So maybe the powers that be in Carolina think that Joe Brady's play calling can bring out the best in Sam Darnold. Well, and speaking of play calling with uh, the new head coach and with Mike LaFleur calling the offense, you know, we saw Rich Gangarello here in Denver call his version of Kyle Shanahan's offense. What do we think Mike LaFleur's version of Kyle Shanahan's offense is going to look like? Is it going to be carbon copy? His brother's looks a little different, but I think that's only because he has Aaron Rodgers. It's still kind of fundamentally the same thing. Well, you know, he was with uh, Kyle Shanahan several stops along the way, Cleveland, Atlanta, and then out in San Francisco. Uh, And then obviously he branched out on his own joining the Jets a couple months ago. So I think it's going to be very, very close to what Kyle Shanahan runs in San Francisco with all those bootlegs and play actions and a quarterback that can move a little bit. So I think uh, obviously everyone puts their own stamp on a playbook, but for the most part, I think it's going to be the Shanahan offense. Well, and it seems like that would would suit Zach Wilson. I think it would suit Fields, and and we'll see about Lance and and maybe even Mac Jones. When you're talking to people, whether it's on the SiriusXM show that you do on on Saturdays or just looking at – the Jets quarterback options kind of examining all of them, especially because I think there's a good bulk of the year where Jets fans were optimistic. Trevor Lawrence would be wearing a Jets uniform uh, this fall. How do you see the quarterback class kind of stacking, stacking up? Cause we saw where Chris Sims has Wilson ahead of Trevor Lawrence. I think maybe one or two other analysts and, and mock draft ec- experts with that in quotes, uh, draft gurus have Wilson higher. Where do you, what have you gathered doing your due diligence on all these QBs? It's very hard. Even the greatest quarterback evaluators on the NFL level, whether it's head coaches or general managers, they often get this wrong. I mean, think about those two drafts in, in the mid 2000 teens, if you will, when you had uh, what Mariota and that was Winston together, right? And sure. then uh, Wentz and Goff. And all four are no longer with those teams. Think about that. Right. And that shows you what an inexact science this is. The thing that I always say about evaluating quarterbacks and their leap to the NFL is nobody knows how it's going to work out because you cannot project how they're going to be able to read defenses on the NFL level until they read defenses on the NFL level. I mean, you saw some of the young quarterbacks – that, that came through Denver, you know, the, the quarterback, Paxton Lynch out of Memphis. Um, I remember uh, we were interviewing someone from Denver uh, on the radio show, and he was saying that, you know, he, he works hard during the week, but then on game day he goes to the line, Paxton Lynch, and it's just hard for him to process what he's seeing. And that's not an intelligence thing in real life. You know, I'm not questioning any of these guys' intelligence. Reading defenses on the NFL level – is one of the hardest things in pro sports. And you don't know if they can do it until they actually do it because they're not doing it on the college level. They're certainly not doing it at their pro days when there are no defenses. So it is the biggest projection perhaps in all of scouting, whether a guy who did it well in college at the quarterback position can do it on the NFL level. Well, breaking down quarterbacks could, you know, is an interesting exercise in general. 
There's only been 35 to win a Super Bowl ever. Obviously, Tom Brady seems to have won most of them. <laughs> but 35 in, in 55 years. We can name all the Hall of Fame quarterbacks if we sat here. It'd take you and I maybe five minutes to do it. And there's a couple of interesting stats when it looks at even first-round picks. I think Peyton is now just the seventh quarterback taken in the first round in the modern era to make the Hall of Fame. And less than half of the first-round quarterbacks in the last 50 years have made a Pro Bowl. And I saw where Jeremy Schapp maybe tweeted that uh, – in the last 50 years, quarterbacks taken one, two, and three. Only two won a Super Bowl with the team that drafted them, and that was Peyton and Troy Aikman. And so it, we, we know that it's an inexact science. It just hurts more when you miss. You know, talking about these drafts from a couple of years ago, when you look, John Ross was taken ninth. It's just a miss. The Bengals don't get beaten up. If they took a quarterback at nine, it gets brought up for 20 or 30 years. And you look at the Jets, there's been some... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, I guess exciting might not be the, the best word, but fun years with Mark Sanchez and that defense and Chad Pennington going to Pro Bowls, but and one year with Brett Favre. But really, since Joe Namath, they haven't had the guy that everybody in the league's like, oh, we have to have that guy. Yeah, and I think there's a huge quarterback shortage in the NFL right now that got even worse with the retirement of Drew Brees and the retirement of Phillip Rivers. There's just very few of those elite guys that when things aren't going well, they can put the team on their back and still lead them to win like Patrick Mahomes did a couple Super Bowls ago. That wasn't a great game by the Chiefs, but he figured out late in that game how to get it done. And conversely, Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't because when you talk about that Shanahan system and it's a very quarterback-friendly system and the same with the L.A. Rams and obviously McVay came from the Shanahan tree. Those guys do a great job calling plays, but there are going to be games, there are going to be moments in games where everything isn't going right with the bootlegs and the play actions and the easy passes. At that point, the quarterback needs to make plays. And I think when it comes to the situation with the Rams, I think McVay basically said, you know what, i got to move on, i got to make a change because I cannot be perfect at all times. And Joe Douglas was asked a question last year in the middle of the year in the mid-season state of the Jets press conference, he said, you know, is Sam Darnold one of those guys that, you know, when things aren't going well, can lift up the receivers and the line when they're struggling? He goes, and he wasn't saying anything bad about Darnold. He goes, there's only a handful of those guys. Yeah. Basically what Douglas was saying, the other teams have to make do with guys that are not the kind of guys who are in that Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. Well, I think we can just look at the way people treated the idea that Russell Wilson might become available, or even at that very end of the year when Aaron Rodgers with the weird press conference in Green Bay, and certainly Deshaun Watson before all the off-field stuff. There were a lot of teams that I think you would you would have on the outside said, oh, they, they're probably happy with their quarterback, all things considered, would still be in on the Deshaun, the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes if, if everything was normal around him rather than all, all this other uh, stuff going on away from the game. And, and that just goes to tell you that as good as and maybe it's because Alex Smith retired yesterday, right? There's a reason that Alex Smith, who won a lot of games and completed a lot of passes, didn't throw a lot of interceptions, didn't throw a lot of touchdowns. Why the Chiefs moved on from him and went and got a Patrick Mahomes, even though Alex had gotten them to the, the playoffs a lot. It's it's 
I think I guess we'll do, we're going to do this forever until there's 32 of them where you're like every Sunday every team has a chance because of their their QB and and so I guess circling back, do the Jets have a sense and maybe it's too early to tell whether it's Zach Wilson or or someone else I, mean, I think it's going to be Wilson that he can be one of those guys or is it more just hey we got to hope and and we'll see how it works out. Well, I think they think Zach Wilson can be that guy, and I think the biggest reason why is because he seems to be good at going through his progressions and not telegraphing passes to his first read. And that was one of the big issues of Sam Donald and so many quarterbacks. I'm sure people say that about Drew Locke at times. It's very hard to go through your progressions because you want that first read to be open so badly. You don't have to turn your head and see the unknown, whether it's a pass rusher bearing down on you or a disguised coverage on the second or third read. So, it's a, it's a situation where Sam Darnold has a lot of company as far as quarterbacks that fixate on their first read. Zach Wilson seems to be a guy that does a nice job going through his progression. So that's the reason he would be an upgrade over Sam Darnold. But you need to bring up the fact that even though he did a nice job going through his progressions last year, they did not have a, a particularly difficult schedule with teams like Western Kentucky and UTSA. Now in defense – of BYU. They tried to put together a tougher schedule, but we all know the challenges of last year in terms of scheduling and also maybe some of the better teams didn't want anything to do with them because a loss to BYU would certainly have been a black mark on their resume for the, you know, the, the playoffs in college football. So I think that they think that this is a quarterback who can do the things necessary to be a special quarterback. But once again, Reading defenses against UTSA and Texas State is a lot different than reading it against the New England Patriots. Yeah, absolutely. All right, two more before you before I let you run. And this is more of an anecdote than a question. But you, I, I feel like I remember seeing you at the Combine in 2018 when Darnold and Baker and, and all those guys are coming out. And I remember specifically standing there because it was, you know, with Josh Rosen and Lamar and, and Josh Allen, it was it was fun to, to cover that combine because you had five quarterbacks that were going to likely go in the first round, or if Lamar wasn't, he was still a Heisman winner. And so I remember standing there, and Darnold and Baker got the same question one session apart, I believe, where they asked Darnold if he went number one, do you think you could turn the Browns around? Uh, and turn, or Can you turn an NFL franchise around? He goes, I don't know. I've never turned an NFL franchise around. And then Baker came up, you know, a half hour later or whatever it was. And he goes, yeah, absolutely. I absolutely think I, I'm the guy to go to Cleveland and turn them around. And I was like, it's just interesting, the psychology of it. I know it's just a little thing and teams are going to do way more work and it's not an indictment of Darnold. And it wasn't a wrong answer. To that point, as a 20 year old, he had never turned an, an NFL franchise around. But in that setting with 150 reporters standing there, I would have loved to have seen Darnold say, yeah, absolutely. The same the same way Baker did. I know they're different guys and different skill set, different moxie. Uh, but that was something that always in the back of my mind has stuck with me about Darnold, even with all the other stuff out of his control going on around him with the coaches and, and lack of talent and all that. Yeah, that is an interesting anecdote. He's never been a brash guy. Uh, he's always been very humble. He doesn't make those kind of uh, macho statements like uh, Baker Mayfield. Now you can view it as macho. You can view it as, you know what, that guy has a tremendous amount of confidence in himself. But the way I look at all that as far as rookie quarterbacks or quarterbacks at the combine before they even enter the league, teams have to stop using, well, I'm not saying teams use the word, but the media and fans might, savior. Uh, it's too much pressure. And also, I think one mistake the Jets organization made, and now they have a new regime, so maybe they won't make that mistake again, is they overhyped Darnold. He was on, you know, the billboards and the, all the ads on their website, and 
on their Twitter account, just hyping the heck out of him before he did anything. And I think, you know, I go back to the Bill Parcells days and that quote, he always says, don't put him in Canton just yet. I think it's very important for the Jets, even though they'll be very, very high on Zach Wilson if they pick him at two and they'll think that the sky's the limit. They've got to temper the expectations early on and they've got to pull back on making him the centerpiece of their marketing campaign. It's not healthy. Let the kid grow, let him develop, but don't make him into a messiah. That There's enough pressure without doing that. Yeah, and so uh, I guess – I think we know the answer, but final thing <laughs> with that eighth pick or eighth pick with the first pick in, in nine, 10, 10 days, are we going to see uh, Zach Wilson, a jet? Is that, is that if you had to bet money on it here at one of the legal uh, places you can gamble online in, in Colorado or go across the river there in New Jersey, where the jets uh, play their home games, would you bet that uh, Zach Wilson's going to be a jet by next Thursday at whatever eight thirty or whatever time that is Eastern? You know, I've never understood those prop bets because there are people that know, and I'm not saying there's going to be improprieties, but it's not like a game where you don't know who's going to win. There are individuals on the planet who know, like the guy making the pick, and I'm not saying they would talk to a gambler, but I always found those bets odd because there are people that actually know the answer to the question. And I'm not one of them, but Steve – I mean, what are your thoughts on those kind of bets? I don't get well, them no, because no. there are people that know the answer. You're right. And I feel like I talk to people certainly in Denver that are in the war room and are talking to other people around the league, friends they've worked with and have an idea. I know it's misinformation. I like to call it the lying season really from the start of the combine until now uh, and certainly after after we get into uh, free agency. And it's really the lying season ramps up with who somebody likes, who's available, who's making calls, who's taking calls. Uh, but it always reminds me of the the Super Bowl prop bet about the anthem. And I know doing it live on on TV in front of a billion people is different than doing it on that Wednesday or Thursday with nobody in the stadium. But there are people around that can definitely clock how long Pink or Lady Gaga is singing for. And the, the thing is, those bets don't – you can't win too much money. A, a book isn't going to take, whether it's online or in person, they're not going to take a million-dollar bet that Lady Gaga goes over or that – I don't think they'll take a million-dollar bet that Zach Wilson goes to the Jets. I think there's like $10,000 cap, so they know they're not going to lose lose too much on, on whatever the max is. But they, they do seem silly, things that you can find the answers to because because you you think you know the right people or you you may maybe your brother-in-law works in an NFL franchise right and he's like oh we're we're taking this guy uh, you know what I know uh my buddy Braun who runs Believe Podcast Network uh he he is the the managing partner of that he's Arthur Smith's brother-in-law now I have asked him who were the Falcons taking he says they're not telling anyone but that doesn't mean on draft night an hour before he's not going to say oh at 4 we're sticking and we're taking Kyle Pitts and he can get on his app now, he lives in L.A., so he couldn't do it legally, but he, he can let somebody know, yeah, they're taking pits at four. If you could bet it, if the bet's there. <laughs> so, yeah, I just wish, honestly, I wish that those uh, bets didn't exist. They, well, so I'm not going to make you put money there, but do you think Zach Wilson's going to No, no, I yet? think, you know, I would say uh, I think they are going to pick Wilson, and I think another big hint was how strong Steve Young has said it. Steve Young, obviously, you know, the, the broadcaster now, but – and a great NFL quarterback, but also a BYU graduate. So he's very plugged into the program. Sure. And he has said basically over and over that the Jets are locked in on Zach Wilson and they're going to pick him. So I would defer to Steve Young on this. And barring something with the medical, and they've already done the combine medical stuff with his shoulder. He had shoulder surgery a couple of years ago. I think Zach Wilson will be the pick. All right. Well, I appreciate the time and you filling me in on all things going on with the Jets. We'll, we'll see if uh, – 
Greener, greener pastures are, are ahead, right? Brighter days there for, for Jets fans because it's been a long, long time. We saw the Chiefs have that Super Bowl drought uh, ended after 50 years. And so I know plenty of Jets fans. I have plenty of friends who are Jets fans who would give me a hard time because of my relationship with Gase and <laughs> what a bad coach he was or what, what he did that pissed them off. So uh, I really appreciate the time. I know you're really busy, and I'll keep listening to you on SiriusXM and, and reading Jets Confidential. Thanks, Dan. Anytime, Brandon. All right, perfect. So there you have it. The latest on what the Jets might do at two. Again, check out Dan Leberfeld at Jets Whispers on Twitter. He's covered the team literally forever, maybe since Joe Namath was there. No, I'm kidding. He's not that old. But Dan's covered him for nearly two decades. I know that. Uh, When I worked with him at Sirius back in 04, he was covering the Jets all the way back then. Uh, So check him out at Jets Whispers. If you want more Jets info, follow him on Twitter at Jets Whispers. Uh, But I appreciate his time. I appreciate your time. Tomorrow we're going to preview what the Niners are going to do with number three. So uh, not exactly sure. I've I've reached out to a few folks in the Bay Area and waiting to hear back from uh, whoever gets back to me first will likely be who I end up talking with. So I'm going to preview Niners tomorrow, Falcons Thursday, and of course on Friday, going to preview what the Bengals might do at five in the world of Joe Burrow and getting him some more help and see how his rehab's coming along. So as always, I appreciate you listening. We will catch you next time on the Broncos Daily Podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.